Hello and welcome to another episode of Last Gamer Radio. I'm your host Stuart Neil, and joining me tonight for a special interview episode is Stavros Pilatus, the developer of Chronic Spartan. Hi Stav. Hiya, hiya Stu, how's it going? Not too bad. Uh, how's the weather with you? Uh, really good actually. It's a little bit overcast but still really warm. Mm. Um, but it, it was nice because I came back off holiday yesterday and I think it's the first time I've ever arrived in Manchester and uh, actually come to warm weather. So it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it makes a change. It's getting just a little bit, it's been staying just a little bit too warm. Uh, for yeah. Liking, but, so. We got a little bit of rain earlier. It's reached that limit for most um, most of us British people, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, Stav, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, yeah, so... I'm Stavros Palatis, like you said, uh, developer of Chronic Spartan Games, um, and I've been developing for about just over a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, I started thinking about game development uh, in January last year, when, uh, well, thinking about it seriously anyway, when um, in, in my professional job, uh, I'm, a, I'm a software engineer, but as you move through like the the higher levels of, of, of the management structure, you end up kind of moving away a bit more from coding. Uh, mm. And I think as probably most software engineers will t- tell you that that's what they enjoy doing the most. Yeah. Um, so I, I decided I didn't want to lose any of my skills. So I was going to start focusing on a bit more coding at home. And I thought it was just a great opportunity to delve into one of the areas I'd always really been interested in. That was game development. Mm. Um, so that's where it kind of all started, really. Um, How long have you been then sort of doing the game development side of it? Um, so it's coming up to coming up to a year and a half now, I'd say, of continuous mm-hmm. game development. Um, one of the things I, I decided to do was that when I started, um, when I set out, I thought I'd try and at least keep it going full like full time as much as I could because uh, mm-hmm. I thought if I just treat it like a hobby, like a lot of hobbies, it'll probably just die off. Um, yeah. So I want to take it quite seriously. So pretty much every day for the last year and a half, I'd say. Mm-hmm. What other sacrifices and things um, are you making uh, to stay as an indie developer um, as much as you are as well as managing a full-time job? Um, well, the, the first thing, the biggest sacrifice is probably sleep, to be honest. <laughs> um, there's just there's just no time. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got a full-time job. I'm, I'm a husband and a father now. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't think I had any spare time to do anything before I'd even looked at game development, to be honest. Uh, and then when I started looking at game development, I thought I'd, I didn't even know how I was going to even be able to fit it in. Um, and the thing I had to do was just try and figure out stuff that wasn't, I suppose, as important, um, mm-hmm. stuff I didn't have to do. Um, so that's where some hobbies maybe started to drop off. Um, I play a lot fewer computer games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be honest, making them feels like playing a computer game to me. It's mm. like a challenge in itself. Um, so that that kind of area has kind of dwindled a bit in terms of the hobbies and and sleep. Um, yeah, <laughs> not, not much sleep at all. What about the games and things you've been working on? Um, how, within that year and a half then, what games have you been working on and or released? Well, the when I first started out, um, never having really developed any game at all, I thought I'd take it easy, um, start somewhere simple, and I'd always thought mobile development was probably the easiest way to go, at least to get my, my, foot, my foot in the door. Um, and so I looked at the easiest game, or well, uh, the simplest game, I suppose, I could think about, and that was Flappy Bird. So I, I took a, I went on YouTube, found some tutorials, and, and just started making, um, it's kind of like a vertical version of Flappy Bird. It's called mm-hmm. Cute Cat Splat. And you basically running through fields, trying to avoid uh, fences, uh, and at the same time trying to gobble up some catnip to give you some um, crazy superpowers and you could smash through the walls. Um, and I, my, my target for that was I wanted to, to develop that in about a month. Um, so I think by the end of January, I started in January 2017, and by the end of January I had something that I was able to put on uh, the Google Play Store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. Enjoyed every every second of building it. Um, and I just I just knew from that point that there's definitely something I wanted to keep on doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's I was going to say? Just what software um, were you using for that? Well, for for QCat Splat, I actually used um, LibGDX. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a code based game engine. But um, 
what it enabled me to do. Well, the first reason why I went for LibGDX actually, actually was because my primary reason for, for really getting into um, game development as a hobby was to keep my coding skills sharp. So I didn't want to really use an engine at the time that wasn't going to be code heavy because then I wouldn't really get that benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, um, LibGDX, um, I was able to find a program on my mobile phone that I could actually code the game um, on the mobile. So referring back to like not really finding much time and, and being like having a full-time job, being able to code a game on my mobile phone meant that in a coffee break or on a bus or at lunchtime, I could just literally whip my phone out and, and add a few more lines of code. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's essentially what enabled me to really do that in a month. Um, so yeah, it was LibGDX. Very good. What then came after Cutcat Splat? So after Cutcat Splat, because um, Cutcat Splat was like that typical frustratingly hard kind of game, I was originally thinking about a um, a much more rewarding kind of, um, I'm trying to think how to describe, but basically the type of game where you get that satisfaction like in Sonic where, you know, you gather loads of coins and yeah. and, and get like that instant feedback. So I'd, I'd originally started thinking about a second mobile game. Um, and again, I was doing, I was using LibGDX for that. But in the process of doing that, um, I've been listening to a lot of game development podcasts. And I mean, I, I, I was always aware, obviously, of Steam and, and, and the PC game and market. Mm. I'd never really thought of being able to have the time to create a fully fledged PC game. Um, I just thought it probably was out of the realms of, of the time I could afford and, and the effort I was able to put in, let's say. Um, but after a while, I thought, I was I was really intrigued by some of the games I'd seen, some of the indie platformers, and I just thought I'd give it a go. Um, mm. So I came up with an idea after looking at um, Game Maker Studio, um, which is like a 2D development game engine, mm. and I, I knocked around with some with some prototypes, and I came up with an idea that I'd been inspired by a few other types of games I'd seen, where you basically try and traverse a, a platformer, um, but completely set in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came up with Glow, um, and essentially it's that you're, you're, it's got abstract design um, in terms of like the Thomas was alone or ink style uh, geometry kind of graphics, and you play a square that's essentially trying to navigate mazes and and find the exit points, but you can't see any of the level, uh, and the only way that you can see the level is from the glow from your character or from shooting projectiles. Mm. And and when I was just playing in Game Maker Studio with this kind of this prototype of a couple of levels, I, I was just really got hooked to it to be honest. And and I found a bit of a I don't know I found it kind of a cool idea that I could design a level that no one could see, like even when they were playing it, and they had to try and unravel it as they were playing along. And I just found it quite a, a cool idea. Um, mm. So yes, yeah, so the next game was Glow. Very good. When did that come out then? Um, so I released Glow in um, October last year, mm-hmm. um, and again, like with QCAT Splat, I wanted to set out like a short-term um, cycle. Um, I think one of my naive decisions, maybe when I started game development, was probably maybe like like a lot of game developers think is that you'll be able to. I had this idea that the quicker I could like produce games. And the more chance I had at maybe at success. Um, mm. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll create Glow. I'm going to set a target of three months. Um, and I thought if I was able to keep up that kind of tempo, then that was more likely to provide an opportunity for me to do this more as a full-time kind of career. Um, yeah. And I managed to do it in three months, and I was really proud of that. Um, but I learned a couple of things whilst doing that. The first thing was that that was probably the most sacrifice um, I'd put in um, whilst whilst creating Glow, and I think towards the the last month, uh, last couple of weeks in particular, the sacrifice started to move more into a position where I think I was I was putting a bit too much crunch into the work, um, yeah. staying up way too late and getting up way too early, and I could see at that point if I continued that, then it would have a knock on effect um, mm-hmm. into a situation where that that wasn't the kind of development I wanted to go for. I wanted it to be a much more natural um, development life cycle. But also having just three months to develop a game when you're still in your first year of development means you've not really got much time to build a community or, or get anybody 
to hear about the name yeah. um, because probably one of the hardest parts of game development isn't making a game. It's it's just letting people know that you're even making a game. There's yeah. so many people out there and it's hard to reach anybody, to be honest. Yeah, I suppose if you're working at that sort of level and with that much of a quick, around, or a quick turnaround, you're really mm-hmm. hoping that there's a community behind you as opposed to being focused on whatever game or project that you're working on. Exactly, yeah. And I, th- I think that kind of um, turnaround could work, but I think you've got to, like you say, do that maybe when you're more of a seasoned developer and maybe you've mm. got a community that, that's that's there listening to what, what you're doing. Yeah. How has Glow done for you? Um, well, commercially, not particularly well, but mm. I'll be totally honest. I didn't really... Uh, one of my main... Uh, focuses was to not put too much of a financial weight on on anything I'd made, especially not in the first year mm. when I was learning so much. So in terms of of an impact to me financially, it's it's not had a negative impact, which is really good. Uh, yeah. And so for me, that that's a real big positive. But I guess if you were to judge it in terms of a commercial game, um, it's not sold as many copies as I suppose you need to sell to class it as a success of any yeah. sort. Um, but on the flip side, uh, from a non-financial uh, perspective, uh, people that have played it and when when I've taken it to um, to um, game and expos and, and, and showcased it, I've had a lot of genuinely good feedback and mm-hmm. I've I've had I suppose the type of fans which are. Uh, it's, I suppose it's quite a niche game, so the fans that really like it seem to love it, and and that for me, wait, wait, to put it into perspective, I guess when I released Cute Cat Splat, it was mostly friends and family that played it, and they had some fun with it, and and it was it was cool, and I had maybe a f- couple of hundred people that had played it, maybe for ten minutes here or there. When I released Glow, or before I'd even started working on Glow, if you were to tell me that, they'd be like you know, a, a good few hundred people that really, really loved the game and, you know, were, were really excited about it when, when it came out and for the numbers to grow a little bit nearer to the thousands of people that have actually played it, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't believe you. Um, <laughs> so for me, from a, uh, from that kind of game development perspective, it's been a real, like, emotional and personal success. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, financially, maybe not so. Mm-hmm. What are you currently working on then? So right now I'm working on my next PC game, and that's Jim Empire. Um, mm. So the, the the plan for me was always to try and take larger steps in game development, especially after I'd done QCAT Splat, and I knew certainly this was something I wanted to do um, at least as a full time hobby. Um, and and if 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 I was to be so lucky, if I could make this my full time career, it would literally be a dream come true. Um, so after coming away from Glow and haven't learned a lot about um, development and and marketing side of things, I thought I'd try and take the next step, both from a development and from a marketing kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the game ideas I had in my mind, um, two ones that were really prominent, one was a story-based kind of uh, adventure game and the other was a gym simulation tycoon game. Yeah. So I decided on a, on the Gym Tycoon game just because I felt like that was the type of game I could I could really focus on in terms of developing it along with the community. Um, mm. I think with the Tycoon game in particular, there's a lot more longevity than there is to maybe a story-driven game. Mm. Um, and it's the type of game where I could get a lot of input from from players and let them see the development and, and feel like they were a part of it. Um, so I started developing Gym Empire um, about a month after I'd released Glow. Mm. And I'd moved over to the Unity game engine for that one. Um, so it was a whole new learning uh, curve, whole new way of developing games, moving from Game Maker Studio, which is a, like I say, 2D gaming engine. Uh, and it's got a very simplistic kind of uh, coding language called GML, which is brilliant. I, I really do love it. But it, it's 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 quite simple when you compare it to C Sharp, mm. uh, proper coding language. Um, and then there was the whole environment of Unity as well to get used to. So it was a massive jump, uh, probably a, a huge dive into the deep end. But after a couple of months, it started to really get into a position where I could I could start to see the game that I was 
that I'm planning to release, I could see it come into life. And, and it's just been brilliant so far. Um, it's been a whole different experience developing Jim Empire so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just been, it's, it's been great. Yeah, from what I've seen, um, just whenever you've been retweeting uh, different tweets and things from other companies, uh, Jim Empire certainly seems to be getting a lot more coverage and certainly being featured and what have you in places. Is that to do with you promoting the game or are people kind of naturally finding out about it? I, th- I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. I think mm. with, with Glow, I mean, if 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 you if you look at it from a third person perspective, when you put a screenshot out of of Glow, all you see for the most part is ninety percent a black screen, yeah. a white square, and maybe some colours. I think one of the first things anyone, especially like in the um, uh, from, from the from the internet age now, anything anyone sees is is a visual thing. So Jim Empire gives me a lot more opportunity to to create visual um, a visual side to it in terms of characters the environments and i think that instantly helps when it comes to catching people's eyes and getting that interest mm-hmm. um secondly the tycoon type of uh, type of games i think are a lot more i think these days anyway are probably a lot more um a lot more friendly towards building a community um mm-hmm. the platformers i guess if anyone was to tag a certain type of game that is now maybe formulaic or generic they'd, they'd call out an indie platformer whereas mm. i think tycoon games are ones that people the, the people that are into tycoon games really love them and are always looking for the next kind of fix when it comes to a tycoon game yeah um but finally it, it has been a lot more um effort on my part in terms of there's been a lot of trial and error in terms of the marketing i've done because I've, I've tried to do everything from scratch mm. i, w- I want to be able to learn uh, and and get as many skills in, in, in my skill sets possible to help me with my game development. And so to do that, there's been a lot of trial and error in terms of marketing. Um, mm. The lessons I learned with Glow and with some of the other things I've been trying in the early months of developing Gem Empire, uh, I found some things that are working a lot better for me now. So things like Reddit, um, I've, the Tycoon subreddit, it's a really good active group and obviously it's, it's highly focused on Tycoon, uh, tycoon games. Um, and it's just in terms of a Reddit, I suppose, environment, it's quite a relaxed environment. Uh, they don't mind you, like, you know, mentioning your own game every now and then within reason. Yeah. So that's been really cool. Um, reaching out to, to people on Reddit as well for ideas. They seem to like jump at the chance to get some, some input. And I think the first post I ever put on Reddit in terms of getting feedback for what they'd like to see in a gym, gym tycoon game, I must have got about 30, 40, uh, responses with ideas. Um, so many, so it kind of like it blew my mind, and I thought for a second, hang, hang on, is this enough? For, can one single person do all this? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'd, I'd much rather that than, than nothing. Yeah. Um, but then also some other areas as well. Um, I've I've come across IndieDB as well, which I did have glow on IndieDB, but I didn't really understand it. Um, mm-hmm. And IndieDB is like for anyone who doesn't know, I suppose it's a it's a website that specializes in indie games and it's somewhere where you can post uh, your games in development, have early access uh, beta development releases and post articles about them. Mm-hmm. But the article system is brilliant as well in terms of being able to put information out there about what you're doing um, in the game, um, any like big updates. Uh, you can put an article out there with some screenshots and they're really uh, proactive on their side as well in trying to help you know, get your game seen and get your article read. Um, so all those little things now are, are all little little things I can put away in my little skill set that I know work. And doing that has helped me, I think, in terms of getting a lot more exposure for Gym Empire. Yeah. Gym Empire certainly seems to be a a very different thing to what both Glow and Cute Cat Splat were. How yeah. much sort of research and things into then the Tycoon games did you need to do? Um, to be honest with tycoon games, they're one of the, the types of games that I've always been going back to, um, mm. my years as a gamer. Uh, I remember from like the early days of theme hospital and, and one of my favorite ones was actually constructor. Yeah. Um, roller coaster tycoon. I mean, all of those, every, let's say within a space of every few years, I was always jumping into another tycoon game. Mm. Uh, and even when mobile games started coming out, um, I was really getting into the Karasoft games, um, Game Dev Story and 
um, I think it was um, the Formula One uh, tycoon mm. game I've got. Um, so I've, I've got, a, for me personally anyway, I've, I've got quite a strong feel for what I enjoy in those games. Um, so when I was thinking about making Gym Empire, I, I instantly had an idea of what I wanted it to be like and how I wanted it to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but equally, uh, there's there's kind of almost two types of tycoon games in my eyes uh, for PC these days. You've got the quite rich visual 3D ones, which are maybe a bit more like the continuation of what tycoon games originally were, uh, but from a visual, from like a graphical side of things. Yeah. And then you've got the um, the more like two dimensional types of games, which focus a lot more on the gameplay um, and, and the management side of things. Um, and I always wanted Jim Empire to almost kind of stray the line between the two. Um, mm. I definitely wanted that strong visual look to it, um, and it was it was between going for pixel style graphics, but with a still kind of isometric view, mm-hmm. or the more three D style. Um, and after a bit of a bit of trial and error and trying different looks, I, I think I, I settled on on the um, on the on the more three D look. Yeah. But I don't want that to be the only selling factor of the game. I want it to be as strong a a gameplay management style game as any of the the two D style like prison tycoon games and all that. Um, so I, I always, for me, I always I always gravitate to the the three D style of games. But I've noticed sometimes some of the ones that are coming out now are maybe not as focused on the gameplay. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's for for a tycoon game, for, an, for a, a sim management type game, that, that's essential to me. Yeah. So that that's really where the um, the design for it has come. You've been working on it for what about nine months or so now, then? Yeah, about nine months. I'd say now. Um, mm. The the first few months, to be honest, it was it was really difficult because. With with Glow, um, although everything I was learning in terms of game development side of things was new to me, I knew everything that needed to go into it in terms of the physics, the level design. So every 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 type of um, milestone I had, I, I knew what it was going to be, and I knew every milestone until the game release. Mm. It was kind of like nothing that was that was that was um, uncertain to me in terms of what it would take to develop it. Um, but in the first two or three months of, of, of creating Jim Empire, um, it was so difficult because you can't just knock up a prototype for, for a tycoon game and, and just start messing about with it. You've got to start building systems upon systems. Um, it's mostly numbers and algorithms. And you've just got to do that hoping and, and, and believing that what you're going to have at the end of it is going to be something fun and playable and it's going to yeah. look good. Um, so those first three months where I could squeeze an hour in at lunch or a couple of hours before bed. It almost felt like I was making no progress at all. Um, and it was only then as all the systems started to to get together and then when my hour here and my hour there gave more immediate results that I could really start to feel and, and to notice the development moving along. So it was always progressing, but sometimes you've just got to have that faith that you know that every every time you put a bit more work in, it's still getting you there, even if it doesn't feel like at the end of that hour that you've actually achieved much. Yeah. You'd mentioned um, about having released Glow on Steam and also then looking at Steam as a platform for Gym Empire. Yeah. Have you looked at anything else um, so far? Or, you know, are you maybe thinking about um, launching on Itch or even, you know, launching potentially through like Humble Bundle um, through one of the little pay widgets and things? So I'd um so Glow is available on Itch as well actually. Um, oh, okay. But I've I've literally only made one one sale on itch.io <laughs> and it's it's just a whole different kettle of fish. Um yeah. itch. I, I will I will be putting Jim Empire on there, but mm-hmm. um because I want to support itch, I think it's a great idea. The fact yeah. that, you know, it's it's free to put on there and you know, percentages are all designed by the developers and that I think is a great thing. But it doesn't have the, I suppose, the, 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 the weight that something like Steam has got now with its player base and its ability yeah. to get, even though Steam now is a much more difficult market to be in, mm-hmm. I still wouldn't be able to have, have reached as many people with Glow if, if, if it wasn't for Steam. Um, yeah. so that, that Steam's definitely going to be the primary, um, market for me, but I, I, I will be releasing it on itch as well. Um, I've, I've, 
I approach good old games with glow. Um, but as I've started to learn now, good old games seem to work on a system whereby they, they look at Steam and see how well your game's selling before they'll decide to take it on, on board themselves. Yeah. They don't really, I, I don't think they take a leap of faith with games and, and hope for the best, especially if it's an indie game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was difficult to, to get glow on, on, on good old games. And, and it was the same with, um, Humble Bundle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if anything's changed now because they've, they're taken over by IGN, but I did actually, um, put glow on Indie Gala. Uh, a couple of months ago mm-hmm. for one of their little bundles. Um, I, I wasn't too familiar with Indie Gala, um, to start with. Um, and I, I have had a, like a lot of, a lot of uh, emails asking me to, to put glow in a bundle. Yeah. Uh, it seems as soon as anything goes on Steam, I think everyone just sees the newest releases and just like just throws emails at, at all the new developers hoping to get like anything they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I looked into Indie Gala, it looked actually genuinely, um, good. So I, I put Glow on there, and I actually had a nice little return from that. Mm-hmm. So that would definitely be um, be someone I'd look to to work with again in the future. Oh, okay. How do you feel about the, the sort of the indie bundles and things like that? While you're selling your game at a massive discount and what have you, is it worth getting people to at least then play it as such? I think with something like Glow and, and where it's at now, um, I guess to put it into perspective. I only really see sales on glow now when it, when it goes, goes on sale. Um, mm. so that's kind of, that's given me a message really. I, I, I think you've got to read the market and, and yeah. read the customers. Um, I've got like so many wish listers for glow and only let's say about 10% of them have been converted. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, it only, you only start to see conversions now around sale time. So that already tells me that I have to be willing with glow to accept that it's going to be selling at a lower price, um, for the most part. So that, that's the first kind of indicator for me that I think it, it's time, maybe a good time to look at, at, at a bundle, um, type option. Um, and then you've got to really look at, I suppose, how much you're making over, let's say a month or two and weigh that up against the, the type of predicted sales that you could probably get in, in, in a bundle. Um, and from a financial perspective, I think that's how you have to go about it. Uh, and when with Glow, I think I'd, I'd reached that point where I thought it, it's a good time now um, to, to be putting it into a bundle. Um, mm. But equally, um, it doubles my um, my player count as well. So mm. again, from that kind of from the non financial perspective, it, it was it's, it's been really like satisfying to see. Um, such an increase in, in players of Glow and just knowing that people are playing the game I made um, and experiencing the environments I've created and the challenges, it, as soon as you see that, it's, it's quite, a, quite a buzz, uh, quite, mm-hmm. quite a big reward. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely been uh, worthwhile for that. How do you feel overall about the industry as it is at the minute? Um, you know, every day we keep get, getting told of how much more video games are selling compared to, say, um, films and things. But it seems that, at least on Twitter anyway, there's still an awful lot of studios that are closing or even indie developers that are struggling. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? In one word, confused. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's weird, to be honest, because um, I guess it, there's a there's a couple of points to that question um that i suppose that have things out i want to i wanted to describe because the first thing is the comparison to like the movie industry and that and and i still struggle now um to get people to understand or change their opinions of computer games being something that is just a, a childish pastime mm, yeah i mean I, I get questions now about you know why are you bothering doing that you know you're a software engineer, wouldn't you rather be doing something more professional? Mm-hmm. To which I reply, well, I currently get more of a challenge. I get more, I've learned a lot more in the past year and a half than I have done in my professional career because it's new challenges. It's things I haven't tried before. Um, when you're in a professional environment, you've kind of just got to kind of repeat certain things over and over. Um, whereas when you're in a more free environment like for, for me anyway, game development, you get to look at new challenges and you've got to handle every part of the life cycle yourself. And 
And for me, it's much more of a professional challenge than anything else. Mm. Um, and then you move on to the side where, in my perspective, computer games are almost the ultimate art form. They combine visual, audio, written, um, you know, m- moving, you know, uh, animation. Mm. They're all individual parts of other art forms. And a computer game can take those and combine them in, in any way that the developer sees fit and create anything from a, a, a first person shooter, um, to some, some story that's like given, given to the player almost in like a novel form. Mm. I think a lot of people that see computer games don't see that. They don't see how rich they can be, the stories. I mean, I, I've learned a lot about, um, generic political ideas from playing Metal Gear Solid when I was like 14, 15 years old, stuff I'd have never really been interested in at that age I'd got into and was interested in because of Metal Gear Solid. Mm. And the same could be said for a lot of other games. Um, so the first part for me is that it's as a gaming industry, I think I love to see it grow and I love to see it getting bigger. Um, and I hope one day it can be seen truly as another art form. Um, in the way I believe it is. But then on the flip side to that, I think you've got the problem where anything that starts to become a lot more uh, popular, you start to see the, the stuff that I suppose rises to the top and the, and the stuff that's most prominent are maybe the more, um, the less, I don't want to say less thought out, but I, th- I think you know what I mean in terms of like the Call of Duties just like, you know, continuously coming out or certain sports games yeah. continuously coming out. Um, and they're great fun. I, I have, hours of fun playing those games um and and i think there's a place for every type of game but i think when people who aren't necessarily as into the gaming culture as as some of us are that's all they see and they think that that's all games are just mindless shooting or just you know playing a sport on a computer screen when you could be playing it outdoors Mm. so i i always remember the days when i first started getting into computer games with my mates and we had sports games we had first person shooters but there was a lot more variety. It felt to me like there was a lot more variety coming from big studios. There was yeah. lots of ingenious ideas. Um, I mean, I've, I've not seen a game like the Legacy of Kane series come out for a while. Uh, that was something that I was just obsessed with as a kid. Mm-hmm. And for me now, it's, I, I love to see the industry getting bigger and stronger and, and, and making more money as, as an industry. But it's just a shame maybe that what I see as computer games seems to now be filtering down to the bottom and, and seems to be relegated to the indie indie world or the indie scene, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is another big reason why I got into indie games, because that, that for me is the gaming world that I, I feel comfortable in. Yeah. Do you think it's a lot to do with the media or the mainstream media's perception then? I, th- I think I think it kind of is, and I... I think anything, to be honest, that starts to become popular is going to suffer from that. Mm. Uh, media is always going to glorify or, or, or cover um, what seems to be successful, and then that then makes it more successful. So I think it's that kind of vicious cycle. Yeah. And I think I think it's the same with the music industry um, and things like that. You know, if you look at the charts, a lot of people may criticize chart music, and if you only thought of music as what's in the charts, you'd, you'd never understand the real depth to which, you know, music can touch people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it's just, it's what popular and what sells. Um, so I think the media definitely has something to do with that. But I think a part of it is also how, um, the internet is integrated into the gaming culture now as well. Mm-hmm. And some games just don't lend themselves to an internet environment. Um, you know, solo single player story games and even multiplayer games that were maybe more fun playing on the couch than they were with somebody else, you know, a thousand miles away. Yeah. It it changes the dynamic entirely. Um, so I think when I see the younger generation, most of them, I see like, you know, enjoying games through the internet, which is cool. Um, but I think that's had a big part to play in, in how the industry's changed quite a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. With respect to funding for games and things, how do you feel about things like Kickstarter and Patreon? I I think I think the great ideas, to be honest. Um, and but the thing I noticed is before getting into game development and before really trying to understand what it takes to build a community, I didn't realize how much work goes into that. Mm-hmm. 
I did a thunderclap for Glow, which is it's, it's like a Kickstarter, but it involves um, getting people to sign up with either a Twitter or Facebook account. Uh, and it just means that on a certain day, a certain message will come out from everybody's account. Yeah. There's no funding involved or anything, but it's just to get that kind of buzz on a yeah. certain day for, for something. And I only had to get 100 people to do that and no money involved and even that felt like I was going to struggle to do that at one point so um, I think they're brilliant avenues I think they're really cool Um, I mean I've got a Patreon of my own that I um, started a couple of months ago Mm. but the thing is it's like it's like absolutely everything when it comes to game development anything you want to do you've got to be willing to put a lot of time and a lot of effort in to one get it started and, and two to sustain it and I I I I think I'll, I'll stray away from Kickstarter at least for now, just because I couldn't I couldn't foresee being able to put the time that we, would be needed to actually really do a successful Kickstarter without it really having a knock-on effect on my actual game development. Mm, yeah. But I mean, I, I think when people can do it, I think it's brilliant, a really really good idea. Um, and and I think the the more type of stuff like that that's available, the better. Is there anything that you think the sort of individual platform holders like Steam or uh, HIO could be doing um, to help sort of different developers and things? Or are you happy with the way that it kind of is in that it really is up to the developers or the publishers to try and promote their own games? Um, from, from, a, from a selfish personal perspective, I'd, I'd love to get as much help from them as possible. Yeah. I really would. But if that starts to happen, it becomes less fair then, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think whenever there's something like that involved, if, if it starts to be, it, it, you, you get into the world of like, you know, who you know and all that. And I think you'll get a lot of developers who put a lot of hard work in, just don't know the right people, who who, who wouldn't have as an equal a chance as anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. Although it's difficult, I at least feel that when I released a Steam that I was getting as fair a chance as anyone else. And if it didn't, any success or any lack of success, and, and, and with Jim Empire, I've got the feeling that when I when I release it, it's, I'm going to be rewarded on the efforts I've put in. Mm. And, and I think that's as fair as you can go, really. Um, the, the one thing I would maybe like to see, and, and again, this is a bit of a double-edged sword, really, is it would be nice if there was some easy way for them to, I suppose, um, be able to to filter out games, which I, it's hard to pick any because I, you don't really know what goes into a computer game, like a game that somebody's developed, unless mm. you know them, unless you've you know spoke to them. Um, but there the seems to be, an, I, I guess, maybe some studios as well seem to just pump out stuff just for the sake of trying to just make money for, for no other reason other than yeah. making money. Um, and the fact that I, I can't even find it, I wouldn't even be comfortable quoting a decent example just goes to show how difficult it would actually be to filter that out. But if there was some comfortable, if there was some fair way to do that, that would be great. Um, but again, that's more from a personal perspective just because the, the less bloatware that's out there, the more chance my games have got of being seen. Um, so to go back to the completely fair perspective, uh, I think I'm probably happy it just being on, on, on the developer's own back, really. Yeah. I think that's the best it can be. Some developers have seen almost like copycat games um, being released of their own personal games, and sort of obviously these are being done to make like quick buck or whatever, or to try and confuse people into buying them as opposed to the originals and things. And mm-hmm. obviously, while things like Glow um, very obviously wears its sort of influences on its sleeve and what have you, they it was never um, sort of a copy of um, a particular game or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about those sort of developers? Again, it's it's difficult to say really. I mean, for those that are blatantly going out there just to copy a game, um, I think obviously it's you know it's not what you want them to do. It's just it's basically plagiarism. Um, yeah. And it, it's not just a financial thing. It can have a real emotional effect on people. Um, Vlambeer, um, I'm not sure if you know Vlambeer, the oh, yeah, developers. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so they had like their whole plagiarism issue with um, their fishing, um, shotgun fishing game. Yeah, ridiculous fishing. Yeah, that was a ridiculous fishing. Yeah. And when I was reading about that, it wasn't so much any revenue that they'd lost. It was the stress of it all uh, and I suppose the emotional impact of their hard work being stolen. And then yeah. the difficulty in trying to get somebody to believe that um, and, and to sympathize with them. Um led them to almost feeling like they were just going to just pack game development in entirely. Um, mm-hmm. So when it becomes something like that, then you're, you're affecting real people. Um, you're affecting their lives, their livelihood. Um, like I say, I mean, game, game development for me is, it's a passion that I've found that I, I love more than any other hobby or any other type of um, endeavor like that I've ever come across. And, mm-hmm. and to, well, to do that full time, just in terms of an activity would be a dream to me. If if you, if if you could, if there was no money involved, but there was some way for me to do this just full time, I'd I'd be over the moon. So if anything risked taking that away from me, it would be it would be really upsetting. Um, and like I say, that that's, that's without even thinking about any financial issues. Yeah. So yeah, for 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 it to have that impact on people, then it, it is quite a, a despicable thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but equally, it's it can be really difficult, I suppose, to really, un- unless it's a blatant, almost code copy, it's difficult to prove for some people that, that that's actually happened and been done. Yeah. Um, th- there's another game that, I, um, there's a, there's a developer I follow who's released a game called Cubics on, on iPhone. Mm-hmm. And about a couple of weeks ago, I noticed another game pop up on Android and it looked, and even the logo looked exactly the same. And I'd, I'd message him, I say, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but it looks ridiculously similar to Cubique's. Um, and he was aware of it, but he said, there's not really much you can do. Um, yeah. And I, I guess maybe for like smaller developers like me as well, where maybe the it's it can sometimes be more a compliment than anything else that somebody would want to copy your own work. Mm. But yeah, it's still, it's, it's an awkward one to, to have to deal with. Looking to the future then with Gem Empire, when are you hoping to release when I first set out Gym Empire, I instead of putting a maximum uh, of three months development like I did with Glow, I put a minimum um, on Gym Empire, and that was that was minimum of six months mm-hmm. because I wanted to have time to be able to build a community and to to, to get Gym Empire known before it was released. Um, so I've I've, I've I've surpassed six months already. So that's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. um, so. My aim is with where development is right now, I'm hoping to get uh, an early access release out by the end of the year. Okay. And I want to get some form of beta version out. Hopefully, I was aiming for the end of summer anyway, to start to get something in players' hands and they can start to give me feedback and and get some input into the game. But yeah, I'm hoping for an early access release by the end of the year. Mm. If everything goes well with it, what are you looking to do next? Have you any ideas um, sort of sitting at the back of your head uh, that you want to work on? Yeah, so that the, the tricky thing about being a game developer and the longer you work on any single project, you've just got this constant train of ideas that are just run through your head for all different games. Yeah. Every time, I, anytime I do get a moment to play a computer game, it's, it's always giving me ideas for new games and mm-hmm. even just everyday experiences just give me ideas for computer games all the time and it's it's a challenge to like that, that's one of the biggest challenges keeping yourself focused on this one game idea and not getting tempted i mean quite recently i've been really tempted by um creating a, a an arcadey race game um mm. and it's just because i've been playing a few of those uh, recently when we went on holiday with my son um and we took him to some arcades i was i was playing one and i just thought how good fun it is and i'd love to make one um but when i did actually start um developing gym empire i did have another idea that was quite strong in my mind um and that was a um a story-based um action stealth game um with the concept being it's more of a top-down kind of i I like to call it a cross between stealth and um and a bullet hell game Mm -hmm. Uh, with the idea being that you can play in full stealth mode and try and avoid all the enemies and, and complete the the missions in full stealth mode, or 
if you can get into a position where you start getting some bigger weapons, you can start going into like a bullet hell mode. Um, but depending on which avenue you pick, it kind of takes you down a different gameplay style and rewards you in different ways. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got quite a, a strong story in my head already. Um, I've, I've had like a lot of ideas for, 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 for writing a story for a game like that. Um, and I've already actually started a small amount of marketing for it. Um, it's called Project Zato. Um, mm. but I decided when, when I, when I got into about the second or third, um, month of development on Jim Empire that I needed to put full-time focus on Jim Empire. Um, mm. I, I couldn't put that kind of effort and focus into two games and, and make sure they were both as good as it could be. So I've got kind of Project Zato on a bit of a pause right now. Um, but with a lot of the foundational elements set out in the background mm-hmm. And when Jim Empire reaches its its point of, I suppose, as far as it can go, that'll probably be the next thing I look at. Um, but that'll probably be some time, to be honest, um, because right now Jim Empire is the focus. And when I get it into early access, I'll, I intend to then build it even further with the community. And I, I want early access, I want it to be the full game I imagined, Um and then after that point, I want it to then grow and, and have as much influence from the community to make it as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. And that type of game is going to need a lot of support and a lot of ongoing support even after it's been released. Yeah. So I've I've not got any mindset or target on when I'd move over to doing something like Project Zato or when I'd, I'd pick it up again. But in terms of of the idea that what I'd move to next, that that would be it. Have you considered um, working with, say, either a PR company or even approaching um, like a publisher or anything um, with Jim Empire, or is that something that you would maybe look at for your next project? I, it's a difficult one that I have. Um, I don't know if my naivety could be an undoing here, but th- there's a part of me that, to start with, I, I, wanted, I wanted, and I, and I do want to try and be able to do as much of this, or at least learn as much of this, um, of my own accord, because I think as much as I'm comfortable with in the development side and the marketing side, that's going to give me my best chances of trying to be successful, mm-hmm. not having to rely on anybody or, or or be disappointed by anybody is 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 my best chance, I think. And th- there's a part of me that believes that in terms of of actual effort of of what can be given by a PR company, I, I feel there's a lot of that could be achieved with hard work and, and and commitment and dedication um the one thing you you can't get obviously is contacts that's something Mm -hmm. that you know you you either have to buy or you have to just deal with building up over time um Mm -hmm. but there's still that part of me that that season is is, as read up and learned on on how other games um descenders for example the um mountain bike um game um a racing game although that had a, a pr company behind it what that pr company actually did a lot of it was built off the back of, of like a single person and, and then putting a lot of hard work in and, and using new ideas and ways of building the community mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it seems like the success of that game was built by the community that, that they created rather than the media outlets they could get in touch with um, no doubt that will obviously increase and, and help that along. But um, for the time being with Jim Empire, I really want to focus on, on, on building that community of people that want to play the game and see it when it comes out and and hopefully get that word of mouth type of, of marketing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, we wish you every success with it as well. So hopefully it will work out well for you. That's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, Steph, um, for coming on and chatting to us. Thank you very hope much. That was, hope that was all right for you. Yeah. At this stage of the, in the interviews, we always like to pass it over to our guests to do their own self-promotion of their websites or whatever, or um, any promotion of any other little companies or, you know, friends, developers, games, or anything for anybody else to look out for. So go ahead. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> so the first thing I always get told off by my wife is that I don't uh, talk about my own games or, or say the names enough. So I guess the first things I need to say is, Glow is available on Steam for four ninety nine, um, and Jim Empire will be coming out at the end of the year. But for most information in terms of um, contacting me or getting 
through to my Patreon or even getting access to the Discord server um, that I run for Chronic Spartan Games. Um, all that can be accessed through my website, chronicspartan.com. So mm-hmm. that, that's chronic spelt with a K on the end, C-H-R-O-N-I-K. Um, I'm starting to think that might be a, a bad choice now because I think most people search for it spelt properly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you can get through to my uh, Patreon and Discord and my Twitter um, and my blog through there. Mm-hmm. Um, on the on the Discord, actually, I do. I've, I've got a thing going where um, beta access uh, access to the beta uh, version of Jim Empire when it comes out, I'll be doing exclusively through um, Discord. Okay. Uh, I try and keep as 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 active on Discord now as possible. Um, mm-hmm. and even drop all those kind of small little bits of development information that maybe would be seen as a bit of um over oversaturating twitter i think discord's really good and, and people seem to be enjoying it on there yeah. um so that that's where you can get through to me really but to help out my other developer friends as well um two games that i'm really um really excited about one of them is eldest souls um and it's like a zelda crossed with um dark souls game that's coming out by a studio called Fallen Flag. Um, a couple of guys I met at a conference, and it looks really cool. Uh, another one is Computer Tycoon by Prog Orion, and he released um, earlier this year. And he's someone that I've I've learned a lot from, actually, in terms of marketing, and I think his, his game's looking really cool as well. So, yeah, I'd say that's about it. Excellent. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Stuart. That's all right. Well, that wraps this interview up. Um, again, thank you very much, Stav, uh, for coming on and uh, sitting chatting with us. Uh, it's always really nice uh, to be able to talk to the people who make the games that we enjoy playing. And uh, it's just interesting to hear of all the little things that they have to go through um, to actually get a game into our hands as such. <laughs> yeah, a lot more than I uh, than I would have thought it was a year and a half ago. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks, thanks for asking me on anyway. Um, I'm a, genuinely a fan of the show. Uh, I really enjoy listening to it. And when I got your your message, I was it really made my day. So I really appreciated it. Oh, thank you. Okay, well that'll wrap it up then, and uh, I shall say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>